Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Barcelona to Lionel Messi. Down goes Czech. Messi scores. Ian Robin hits it with the left foot. It's a cracking goal. I'm Lindsay Hipgrave and this is the BT Sport Champions League podcast. Last night, Manchester City travelled to Ukraine for a tricky tie with Dinamo Kiev, while PSV hosted Diego Simeone's Atletico Madrid. Joining me for the best BT Sport analysis were Gary Lineker, Rio Ferdinand, Michael Owen, Steve McManaman, James Horncastle, Owen Hargreaves and Julien Laurent. Silver high towards Toure. Aguero scores! Support here from Sterling and set on a plate for David Silva. Manchester City are flying. And by Otamendi, Bielski scores. It's a really crisp hit. Torre, smashing goal. How good have they been? Well, very happy because it's a very, it's a very good result. It's not finished. We have to play now the second leg at home, but I think playing away and have two goals of difference. It's a, it's a good result, and I think that the team played very well. Uh, we really missed a lot of chances. Maybe when they discount and they were 2-1, two two uh, we had some moments of doubt, but after that we recovered the ball and, and, fin- and finally we scored the third goal. Good performance from Manchester City. Before the sh- show, Steve, it's interesting, we're talking about leaving players out, etc., yeah. etc., and you said, well, I think they've been better concentrating the FA Cup because, realistically, are they going to win the Champions League? Well, they're in good shape to get through. Do you still hold that view that it's very I still think I still think they should have tried to win the FA Cup, yeah. uh, regardless of who they were going to play this evening. I always thought Dinamo Kiev was a very favourable draw, Gary. Did. They, they avoided the bigger teams in this group, and if you looked at Dinamo Kiev's progress through the competition, you'd always fancy... Manchester City to win this tie, regardless of if they played Chelsea or played a weekend start against Chelsea. So I think they should have concentrated on the FA Cup and still they would have won tonight and they still would have qualified to the next round. The leadership values are very important. Mark. Yeah, they've, they've always had a real strong spine, haven't they, Manchester City? Um, with Joe Hart, company, um, Torre over the years and Aguero up front. They've always had that solid spine and they've just been missing that far too often. Um, they've swapped and changed and, and tried to find a combination between the others, but it's never worked. Mm. It's always going to be company and another. Mm. Um, and if he stays fit now to the end of the season, Manchester City have got a great chance of lifting silverware. You just wonder who he'll play, how they'll play sort of at the weekend, you know, in the, in the, in the cup final. Now, will he 
Will he literally say to that team, go out and do exactly the same again, or will he start chopping and changing? I, I think he plays best with Mangala. When him and Mangala yeah. are together, that's the best like the beginning of the season, yeah. yeah. Even though Mangala's been a bit indifferent yeah. uh, on occasions. Um, Aguero gave them the lead, yeah. another, you know, one of their most reliable players, consistent goal scorer, 17 in 16 Champions League games now. He's the one player that you can rely on in Manchester City. They've been inconsistent this year, haven't they? But he has been brilliant. And when he's on the field of play, you always expect him, firstly, to score the goals, but secondly, to hold the ball at work hard. He runs behind defenders, which is a defender's nightmare. You want, you want people to play in front of you. He takes you back to your own goal and causes problems. He's quick, he's got awareness. He also like creates there. space for midfield players yeah, exactly. coming from behind, doesn't he? He divides opinion, Torre, doesn't he? I mean, we all know he's a wonderfully talented footballer. He can do unbelievably yeah. brilliant things like this. But there's also... There's also an argument that he's, he's in many ways, a, a bit of a liability for Manchester City because where do you play him? Where yeah. do you fit him? He can't work defensively. What do, you, what, what do you think, chaps? Well, I think he's not a liability in the position where he plays it virtually tonight. I think if he's got Fernando and Fernandinho in there with him, albeit they interchange a lot, I think that really helps him. I think if you need him as a, one of the two sitting defensive midfielders, he doesn't work hard enough. Yeah. I think he, his, his yeah. best season for Manchester City was when he played he in played. an attacking role. Yeah, further forward. Scored 20-odd yeah. goals, scored... Defining goals as well, and I think that's where he's best receiving the ball, turning, facing. He can he can provide goals and he can score great goals as we saw tonight. Yeah, you, you just as little responsibility as possible. I think yeah. you can't really yeah. put him in a, in a pair in centre midfield. You've got to get him creative, get him using his strength, using his finishing ability further up the pitch. No responsibility, I don't think. There are a couple of penalty shouts uh, in that game that Manchester City might have had in the second half. So we brought in uh, our resident <laughs> referee, expert Howard Webb. Howard, how are you? I'm very good, thanks, Kevin. Uh, good. What, what do you think? There were two, two shouts for penalties. Talk us through them. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, there were. And neither were absolute stonewall penalties. Quite interestingly, I think the guys in commentary looked at the second one maybe as a closer call. For me, the first one was the one that was close to being a penalty. Uh, Antonio Lajos tonight, the referee, he had a good game overall. He's the sort of referee that lets the game flow. He lets a lot of contact. He does that in the Spanish La Liga as well. The players like him for that. He's got quite an English style of refereeing. And, and he, he showed that tonight, I think. But uh, the first situation, you'll see uh, David Silva runs on at pace. He's probably anticipating a bit more heavy contact than actually happens. He's probably anticipating that. The contact that does come from uh, Dragovic is quite slight. When I watch this back with all the benefits of the replays, I think this is actually a penalty kick. You but do. I totally understand why Antonio Lajos doesn't. He's in quite a wide position because he's got a guy behind the goal who covers the other side of the penalty area. When you're moving at pace, a small contact can really put you off balance. And you see a little bit of contact on the right mm. side of the, uh, the right leg of David Silva. Maybe just nudges him off balance, but it's not enough contact for the referee to see at full speed. And he needs certainty. These are big calls in big games, so you understand why he doesn't give it. This the other one? one? Me, this one for me is not a penalty. He's looking for that. And I totally understand why the referee has got a great view. Looking right on it. And the additional behind the goal as well. We've got all angles covered on these games. Doesn't give a penalty. So, not, not easy calls. Overall, understand why he didn't give either. The first one's more a penalty than, than the second one. But uh, it wasn't something that affected the outcome of the game. I think the second half, the difference was, was in the first half, City were organised, they pressed with intensity. Second half, they took their foot off the gas a little bit and they almost were punished. City getting that last goal was a, a huge factor in that tie and really kind of gives them a bit of comfort going into the second leg. So, yeah. uh, look to see City going through and getting into that. OK, do you, do you think City will be the only... English team, the only Premier League team going through Rio. Unfortunately, yes. Chelsea, no. Uh, I don't. I don't fancy Chelsea against uh, Paris Saint Germain. And um, last night, 
Um, Arsene Wenger almost said himself that they're out, so yeah. I'll follow him. What about you, you Michael? Can you, I mean, City, we could, they're a given, surely, now, aren't they? Yeah. But what yeah. about Chelsea? That's, I mean, it's very evenly balanced, 2-1. It's say. just about the most even scoreline yeah. of the lot, isn't it? Exactly. You couldn't, you couldn't make it more. And I said in my commentary when I was out um, in Paris that I almost think both teams are happy with the result. You know, you could, mm. you could make a case for, for yeah. both teams thinking it's a positive result. Looks like Arsenal are out, looks like City are through. Mm. Um, that's the only toss of a corner. And you can yeah. certainly make a case for them yeah. getting through. It's, it's very important, isn't it, as well, that if, if, for Chelsea to... If we could get a couple of quarter-finalists, England, you know, it helps you for going it, on, doesn't it? Gary, it keeps it, that 14. It'd be massive because, no disrespect to a lot of the teams who were still in the tournament, but you would favour yourself if you played Wolfsburg or Ghent or someone like that, or even Benfica Zenit, because Zenit have only just come back off this winter break as well. So if you played any of those teams, you'd fancy yourself to go through. So it's really important that Chelsea get a good result. But somewhere down the line, you're going to have to beat a, a Bayern Munich or a Barcelona. And I that is very difficult. And in Paris, I wasn't as impressed as I thought yeah. I would yeah, be with, yeah, Paris. with Paris. I thought they were going to beat Chelsea, I must admit, over the two legs. But I wasn't that impressed with them. I thought they, I think uh, Chelsea got a sniff there. So we kind of thought it is in the balance going for the second leg. PSV Eindhoven nil. Atletico Madrid nil. Philip, you went down to ten men. Does that feel then like a bit of a positive result at the end? Yeah, yeah, I'm very happy with the result. If you play with the ten, uh, ten men against this uh, big team, Atletico Madrid, uh, we did a hell of a job. Uh, as a team, we defended uh, so well. Uh, it was hard work, but in the end, I think uh, the nil-nil draw is, is very good result for us. And, uh, it will be a difficult away uh, match, of course, but st still we have something to fight for. PSV, James, do you think will definitely be the happier of the two sides with that? Koki said he wanted a clean sheet. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they were without their star striker. They were down to ten men for a good section of the game in the second half. And they kept, uh, yeah, yeah, I thought uh, they didn't allow an away goal. So I think from that perspective, OK, they didn't really offer much. But to be honest, I don't think they really could without De Jong. I mean, I think it's the best possible thing that they could have really got tonight. Simeone won't have too many worries, though, Owen, do you think, going into that second leg? You can't see PSV going to the cold run and getting anything. Well, if anything, I thought Eindhoven were really poor today. I thought <laughs> Atletico Madrid should have gotten a away goal. I mean, they just didn't come out one shot on target. They didn't really do anything offensively. And I think, obviously, he's happy with going there and getting a result and PSV not scoring. But I just saw that Eindhoven team lacked any form of attacking intent and it was um, really disappointing for them. They'll be happy with... Getting a result, PSV, but I just thought they were they were pretty poor tonight. Were you disappointed with them, Jules? I was a bit more disappointed by Atletico Madrid, especially in the second half when they were 11 against 10 for a good 20 minutes, and they still struggled a bit to create. And Simone threw strikers in like Torres, like Correa as well. Griezmann was still on the pitch, and even with that, they didn't really create much. And I think that was disappointed as well because. In a game like that, against an average PSV team, surely Atletico should be on top. Not much in the way of chances, certainly, but Atletico had one cleared off the line after about three minutes. They, they could have won tonight. They did, and this was a tactic of theirs. It was balls over the top from the back. And uh, strange, looking for your centre-backs for the creativity. I think it says it all about Atletico tonight. We mentioned how dependent they are on Griezmann. Yeah, hasn't scored enough since... Diego Simeone got him from Villarreal. Six games without a goal now. Wasn't much better in the way of chances in the second half. <laughs> Either yeah, Jules resorting to shooting from distance. Yeah, exactly. Gabi there, uh, the captain, with a long-range shot. There was, there was, again, not enough creativity, not enough urgency either in the way Atletico played in the second half, and especially when they went uh, 11 against 10 men for the last 20, 25 minutes. 
see Fernando Torres who came on. <laughs> Those two chances tell you everything. Yeah, exactly, and that's you know, for someone of this caliber. Even if he's past his best, he should do better than that. Even if he has a first touch, and that's again this chance Griezmann for Torres there, and this probably again better to do than trying that shot there on the turn, uh, especially. You know, yes, he scored for the last two games, but before that, he hadn't scored in, in five months. So mm, just four goals all overall, season. Yeah, offensively, yeah. Not, not good enough. Now, a couple of contentious issues in that second half. Diego Godin did have the ball in the net, Owen, but it was after getting a bit of a piggyback off Moreno. What did you think of the decision? Well, it was. I mean, it's hard. You can't really jump on anybody's back nowadays. I mean, the referees are always going to give a foul for that. <laughs> and uh, Moreno seemed to help him up. Yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> it was very friendly, the game was today. But um, obviously, there's going to be a clear foul and good decision from the referee. Now, Gaston Pereiro, can we forgive him a bit for being sent off? Just 20, the youngest player in this season's Champions League to be sent off, James. But the yellow cards, pretty soft yellow cards, do you think? Uruguayan striker in Holland getting sent off sounds a little bit like Luis Suarez, but <laughs> I don't think Pereiro had any of the impact that we used to see Suarez having. They're quite soft, really. Um, I mean, just having a little tug on. The friendliest <laughs> two yellows you'll ever see, I mean... Away from home, they just need uh, a bit more creativity. They need to commit bodies forward, and they just PSV tonight just didn't do enough attacking-wise. I, I know it's difficult against Atletico, but poor performance offensively from PSV. What Luckily, De Jong will be back, 23-goal yeah. striker. They really missed him tonight. What does it say about Manchester United in the group <laughs> stage that they were unable to, to beat PSV in two matches? Remarkable, really, four points against Manchester United. And when you see that today, I mean, obviously they won the home against PSV, but. That's far from the strongest PSV side I've ever seen. Take the two best players out of this team, Memphis Depay and Wijnaldum, and you can see tonight they lack that creativity. They just don't, they just don't have it. So you're right, it is remarkable that United weren't able to progress from the group stages. Will it be the same again this summer, Jules, the best players being sold off? Yeah, I think, I think so. They are for the club. And I think people like Williams, for example, will probably go at some point. Nothing. They're not all the calibre of Depay or... Uh, Wijnaldum, or even in the past, Trutman, Mertens, Afelai, those kind of players, they don't look as good, and we saw that tonight. But I think they will, they will, they will sell and, and keep buying younger players or bring through from the academy, and that's, that's the way they they, well, they said they, I think they're the youngest team in the... Yeah, in the 23 years of age. You know, so it's, you know. It is a very young team, but they're lacking those individual stars that they normally have. But I think that's a Dutch thing right now. They're lacking yeah. those players coming through that they've done so fabulously creating in the past years. What about Atletico's defending tonight, Owen? It was clear to see why they've only conceded 11 goals this season. Remarkable. Joint best defensive record in, in the top five European leagues with Bayern Munich. And you see there are two banks. I mean, they are as solid as, as you'll get. And they're just incredibly difficult to break down. They don't really leave their positions that often. You see, those two banks are often always there. They like to have the ball in front. Don't really overcommit and make mistakes. And that's why they're so solid defensively. Very much that Atletico side, though, a reflection of Simeone in his character. It's brilliant just watching him on the touchline, James, isn't it? He just <laughs> kicks every ball. He's, so like, he's like an ultra. He's a fan of this team. I mean, yeah, captain of it, won the league with them as a player. No one is identified with this team more than Diego Simeone. I think that's one of the wise reasons he wants to stay at this club. Um, he knows it's a, it's a great fit for him. You know, why leave? Particularly because the club is going places. Lots of investment from, for, from China new stadium, you know, I think that's why he's not going to come to the Premier League anytime soon. How happy will the Atletico fans be, Jules, with the news that it looks like Conte is on his way to Chelsea and, and he's out of the frame, if we're to believe the current reports? Yes, it looks, it looks like there's no big job coming up in the summer for him or for anyone else if Conte gets to Chelsea once, so that means 
more Simeone Atletico and, and the fans love him like James said you know he identified he is Atletico Madrid today there's no doubt about that there's no question and he's so passionate as we saw on the touchline that I think that the, the fans really can identify with him on Tuesday, Arsenal slumped to defeat at home to Barcelona, while Juventus and Bayern Munich played out an entertaining draw in Turin. Here's more of the best bits with Jake Humphrey, Ian Wright, Ronald Koeman, Glenn Hoddle and Raphael Honigstein. Neymar in for Barcelona to Lionel Messi. Down goes Czech. Messi scores. And that's how quickly they can do it. The big three combine and Barcelona lead. Topo again and then Messi in there again. And was he caught? Yes, he was. It's a penalty. Messi against Czech and Messi scores well Barcelona is a great team we knew that before the game we have learned nothing new but uh, we put a lot of energy in the game and uh, I believe technically we were very average overall but uh, uh, the regret I have is that uh, once we uh, look like we dominate the game in the last 15 minutes 20 minutes uh, we give the goal away uh, similar to Monaco naive uh, and that's what is frustrating because when we looked like we could win this game we just gave it away yes uh, lots to do for Arsenal because actually in the first half they gave as good as they got yeah I mean I thought they were very brave Arsenal in the way they started the game on the front foot uh, defending quite early in, uh, in their blocks but the problem is when you play against a team like this you kind of get you get lulled into a full sense of security where you feel that you're, you're doing okay and then all of a sudden they just switch it up and mm. they, they, they can create chances and mm. we were saying here that it wasn't really the Barcelona team we all came to expect the expectations we mm. had but they had four, five, six great chances to score goals yeah. so that tells you how good they are. The goal was magical wasn't it Ronald in a way? Yes, the okay. okay. But I think uh, it's one mistake. In this situation you have to make a fault. Even the defender give him one metre Mm. And, and, and of course, then they kill you because this is a fantastic counter-attack. Mm. The second goal was quite extraordinary, wasn't it, in many ways, in the, in the sense that Flamini came on yeah. as a substitute. Yeah. And before it actually touched the ball, within 45 seconds, he gave away this rash penalty. Mm. I mean, it, it, was, it was crazy. I mean, per uh, Mertesacker would take probably the most of the blame for this because he's touched. I mean, bringing mm. the ball down in your box like that is, he told us a kid, listen, get rid and then look around and see where you're at. But mm. obviously, Firmini's come on, he's, the pace of the game, he's not up with it. And when Messi's around like that, he's so quick to things and smells the, the opportunities and he, he, he brings the foul, draws it there. And then there was no, after yeah. that, when he's stepping up to take a penalty, yeah. he decided he wanted to score against yeah. Czech today and he yeah, did no, two, two times. Yeah, twice, yeah. Now, there was one um, interesting <laughs> incident. Uh, just after the penalty, when it went to 2-0, PK, who was already on a yellow card, yeah. wandered over to the bench, had a little discussion with Enrique, then he wanders off, and then he does this. Look. That's one minute 20 later. Now, that means he gets two yellow cards, he's suspended for the next game, but they've got a 2-0 lead. Do we think there's possibly some sort of been plot been yeah. hatched there, right? I, I think so, yeah. Mm. So he missed his next leg and then he's, he's clear and free for, um, for the game afterwards. You've you got to do it, I think. Look, your touch. <laughs> look, how PK, you look how PK plays for them. He is absolutely brilliant for yeah. them. And you can see that at latter stages of this, he's got to be there He's not one them. to normally dive in like that. No, so, no, no. no. Suarez, in, in some ways, it didn't quite happen for him this evening, did it? No, I could have had a few goals today. Um, but in the end, you know, I was saying they're so unselfish with each other. 
and they're constantly passing to each other when you're thinking, why don't you shoot, why don't you shoot? But they, they still carry on, they don't throw their arms up in the air or anything, but let's face it, he didn't have a, a great game, but you know, well, his decisive pass in the first goal was, uh, was, I mean, was like I say, decisive. The, 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 there was the first goal, wasn't there? Mm. There was that move there. At times, those three, when they combine, they, they, they take your breath away, Ronald. Yeah, they, they are fantastic. And, uh, they're always looking for each other in, in the box and uh, to give the assist uh, to the other player and uh, nah, they're great players mm. and they make the difference. Mm. Uh, it's true, I think what's great about, about um, Neymar as well, I mean everyone knows him as a showboater etc, mm. but he's actually today, the running off the ball that he yeah. does, when a chance creates itself and it opens up and there's space to run into without the ball where he can be a threat to goal, he runs and motors, and, and the, the first goal yeah. especially was fantastic. Out of three of them, he was the one who was taking people on. I thought he gave Bellerin a bit of a chase with his skill and his pace, but um, yeah. when it really mattered, great passing for Messi. Mertesacker mm. made the point in his interview that you know they they missed their chances. They yeah. had the opportunities. You know, even in the second half, they had chances in. And you've yeah. got to take them against what, a team like Barcelona. Well, you Barcelona. do. And with this one, you see Giroud. He's just trying to jump, and he's jumping backwards. He can't really get the leverage on it to get that power and he's trying to guide it back over there but um, you have to say it's a good save from the keeper and it's a good effort from Giroud it's a very good effort I think the only time that the, that the Barca team ever seem under any type of pressure if any is when you score when someone scores against them and you've got to really punish them when you get these chances because as we've seen they go up the other end and they just put the ball in the back of the net or they just create chance upon chance even when they're not playing at their best I mean, I suppose the truth is, in you know, you compare the forward lines of the two sides, and there's a there's a massive difference. Well, there is, and you look at, um, you, you, like we say, they were very quiet for the quality that they have, they have got. But at the same time, you know, that's just inches. At the same time, when it matters, their quality comes through, and we saw that with the first goal. Every pass was precise, pro like like straight into the path, straight into into Neymar from Suarez straight into Messi and then it was, you know, get the goal. Yeah, it certainly is. Interesting chat there. I've rarely seen him so frustrated by his own players. He, you know, he said typically <coughs> they weren't very good. <clears throat> and he also said they were naive. I think because I've, in the, in the, the pre-match talks that we had with the team and the squad meetings, it seems like he's, he's highlighted the, the, the counter-attack as a big issue that they had to combat. And to concede through a counter-attack would have frustrated him. But the naivety, when you go 1-0 down in a, in a Champions League game like this, you have to remember there's a second leg. So 1-0 taken to the new Camp, it's not a great result, but you still have a chance. Your foot's still in the tyre, whereas 2-0, it's almost a lost mm. cause. You can see mm. the interviews with Per Mertesacker and now the manager, it's almost like it's, it's gone now. Mm. So the, the disappointment, yeah. I'm sure, is because he already preempted what could have happened and they, they've, they fell into that trap. Yeah, he, he mentioned the Monaco game a year ago and they've not learnt the lessons uh, from that, Ron. How frustrating it is a, as a manager when you've got a game plan and the players are out there and then all of a sudden you can't do anything about it anymore, can you? Yeah, it's very frustrated. But uh, in my opinion, uh, they had more problems in the second half. Mm. Defensive-wise uh, against Barcelona, and, and I think Barcelona played a little bit higher tempo in the second half. And uh, of course, Arsenal got some good chances, but but really in the game in the second half, uh, expecting more the goal mm. of Barcelona than the goal of yeah. Arsenal. Yeah. Do, do do you feel in with you know if they go out in the Champions League, which now seems extremely likely, yeah. that this does put massive pressure on Arsenal to win the league this season and, and Wenger in particular? I think it puts a little bit more pressure on it because of the way the league's going this season but I feel that the fact Arsenal have gone out at this stage in the last five years mm. and, and then you come up against a Barcelona side, a very good Barcelona side and they 
look like it might um, they might go out at this stage again. I think they've got to take the positives from this particular game in the way they defended mm. and the way they kept one of the best teams in the world quiet for quite a while. Does there ever come a point where Arsenal go, do you know what, we're not actually improving, it's not getting better. If they don't win the league title, say, and they do go out at this stage yet again, where's their improvement? I mean, so, he splits the crowd here, doesn't he? Yeah, I think going out to a Barcelona team, is listen, <laughs> they're capable of beating any team on the planet on yeah. any given day. So that's, that's, that, you can't really judge them on that. But the league, I think, this year in the Premier League has been so uh, inconsistent, especially from the, the, the top teams that you consider the top teams like the Chelsea's, the Man City's and the Arsenal, uh, Manchester United. You'd say this is the year that Arsenal should go on and win it. And if they don't, then questions, I'm sure, will be asked. Do you look at clubs like Arsenal? I mean, obviously, just below Southampton, you're perhaps overachieving, but are they underachieving? It's difficult. I think uh, Arsenal is improving defensively comparing to the last seasons with Peter Cech, fantastic goalkeeper, defensively a little bit more stronger. But it was Barcelona tonight mm. and, and that's the difference. But, mm. but still, in my opinion, Arsenal is, is, is of course, Leicester, mm. still the first, uh, fantastic, but Arsenal is strong, strong mm. enough to win the title yeah. this season. Mm, we shall see. It's going to be an interesting title race. But, it's, um, but it, a lot of the defending and the organisation, I think what probably led to a lot of his frustration this evening, mm. Arsene Wenger, was, was pretty good for the most part. Yeah, I mean, most of the, fir the first half they done really well, got into good shapes, came out in numbers, pressed them at the right times and made them keep going. But as we said before the game, make them go sideways. And not very often in the first half did they get to cut through them. This is when they come alive, though. These, when the teams are tired, this is why Arsene Wenger said it's interesting listening to Arsene Wenger saying that he thought that the last 20 minutes that they would get something because he, they might tire. But they do put the pressure on with the when, quality that they've got. Got 70 odd percent possession. When you're chasing the ball for for that amount of time and for, for the game, it's not only physically that you get tired, mentally it's draining. You're, you're trying to stay in the right positions, trying to talk to people to cover. There's so much going through your head when you've got three of the best yeah. players in the world playing up front and then the midfielders backing them up. Yeah. There's loads going on physically and mentally that it becomes, I don't know how he expected them to be the stronger team with 20 minutes to go, if I'm honest. Yep. Messi. <laughs> I mean, he's still there, isn't he? I mean, you look at him, he's interesting to watch, isn't he? Because he doesn't move around no, much. He, he stands around, walking, walking, wanders around, and then all of a sudden he explodes into action, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, this is, well, he's, he's, got it, he's got it all. He just does explode into that, that area there, right at, in, the, in, in the last third there, where he just goes at people and then he draws these fouls. He's, it's fouled. The fans are going to get going. It did, yeah, but like he, I saw him do that in a, a few years back when Ibrahimovic scored mm. a couple of goals there. He just, just stayed on the periphery of the game, nice one-touch stuff, and then, you know what I mean, all of a sudden he'll come alive. The next, in the next game, he scored four goals. But again, you know, that's the quality, what I'm talking about when you lift it, knowing when you've got to lift the ball in over the keeper. But he's, he's always just there, just to create a chance, or he's just on the edge of something special happening in the game. He's always there, he smells the, the opportunity mm -hmm. to, to nick a penalty. 100, 102 touches, most of them pretty good, I would suggest, and uh, probably the majority of his left foot. Where, where do you rate him, Ronald, in terms of all time? And there's always that debate, isn't there? I think he's the best. Ever? Yes. Mm. Yes. yes. <laughs> Enough said, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> no, but so long yeah. now. Yeah. Every weekend scoring goals. I think more than 500 games he played. Scoring 400. 
more than 40 hat-tricks. <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculous, really. Plus, if you've got Messi, you're not really entitled to have those two as well, are you? I mean, look at that. 93 goals and 44 assists. Uh, that's this season. That's just the front three as well. well not bad, Ian. Well, it's not bad at all. And, you know, I think I heard Fletch say something about not many of the rest of the team <laughs> score. You don't, don't, don't forget team. Messi was out for quite a few exactly. weeks injured exactly. as well. They, so. are, they are phenomenal. Um, today, I wouldn't say that they were at their peak best, but it was more than enough when the, when, it, when the time came for them to do their stuff. Douglas Costa to feed it back, and Thomas Miller by and take the lead. Arjen Robin hits it with the left foot, it's a cracking goal. Arjen Robin for 2-0. And Mandzukic feeding it through, Dybala! Juventus on the score sheet, and that lifts the crowd. Mandzukic for Morata, oh, it's another one. Sturaro the substitute to make it 2-2. Aaron, you must have wanted to win that, of course, but two away goals, the return leg back at the Allianz, you can't be unhappy with that, surely? Yeah, well, um, depends, I think, on, on the game, you know. Um, I think if, you, if you're winning, if you're in front, if it's 0-2 away from home, um, then I think, um, and that's what you also noticed in the, in the dressing room, I think, disappointing because um, if you control the match that well against such a great team uh, then you have to finish it well and um, yeah that's what what was lacking a little bit in the in the last half an hour they kept uh, pressure uh, pressing uh, more and um, yeah we we have to stay cooler then it's a strange old night you know from Bayern because of what we see of them you know you tune the love away from home they're the kind of team that close out a game like this they don't then go and draw do they no, and that's the frustration that they'll take with them. That, uh, you know, you go 2-0 up and usually they manage the game, they manage the opposition, but they didn't do it. And I think it came from making mistakes at the back, yeah. lack of communication at the back, and also over-elaborating a little bit. I think they were very confident because they have so much possession that sometimes, and they did that against Barcelona in the semi-final as well, they can just get a little bit overconfident and dwell on the ball first half they had a couple of chances where Bayern had give the ball away but they just started to put some moves together and I think if you're a team against Bayern that can put a couple of moves two or three four passes you will open them up because defensively they were poor tonight and that was then sort of momentum with Juve at that point wasn't it and the chances were coming and it looked for a while like this equaliser was on the cards to be fair yeah it was the Bayern chances. were a little bit rocked they lost that um, that ease on the ball that mm. calmness that they had and Juventus were running at them and uh, as we said, once Bayern are being put under pressure, you could see that there's very few natural defenders in there. He changed it, Benatia came on to provide a bit of uh, height. But Juventus didn't go direct. They still were very patient mm. and started to opening Bayern up. They showed a lot of character to be out of a game like they were. And totally, in that dressing room at half-time... That's the point. They were completely out of the game in the first half. Completely out. They, they, they didn't have a, an option when they had the ball. They had no idea, they had no one to pass to when they had it and they couldn't get anywhere near Bayern in that first half. So come out and perform like they did second half. Credit where it's due. I mean, Mendukic closing down, just putting his foot in and going again. And it was a bit like that second half and Bayern were a little bit shocked. I'm sure the message from Pep, though, to his players is going to be, look, as we leave here and head home, just remember the domination that you enjoyed, particularly in that first half. You know, you can do that and then some when they're back at our place. Yeah, I mean, the result is brilliant. And, you know, the result will put Bayern in a great position to keep in, in control of this game. Yeah. If they start scoring, if they start dominating Juventus in that second leg, as we expect them to do, it is still hard to see them 
uh, come back Juventus. But of course, psychologically, they'll have a huge lift it by might, coming back from the dead. It might be a slow death <laughs> in, uh, in Bayern for Juve. But they're back in the hunt. They'll feel delighted that they're back in it. 2-0 down, they were dead. I felt at 2-0, Bayern had a little spell where they just started to just keep possession and go backwards. And it was a bit of the, the, the fans were going all a little bit. And then they didn't, they stopped doing that. And I think that's what they needed. I think Guardiola would say, hey, next time we're tuning up. Mm. You know, you don't always have to go for the throat. And we're away from home. Don't have to get the third because they kept giving the ball away. And, and just keep it at the back and let them come out and we'd open up again. Yeah. I felt they got caught in between two stalls when they just started to mm. keep possession, not going anywhere. And it was almost like, well, no, let's go and get the third. And it played into Juventus' hands. And when they head back to Germany, Bayern can sit and watch and wait and allow Juve to come at them because Juve have got to go there and score now. They have got to go there and score. And if you ask Bayern Munich at the start of the game, would you take 2-2, then they would have. It's just the circumstances haven't been in such control. And we were sat here saying, right, well, this tie is over. You know, at half-time, or as soon as they went 2-0 up, you think it's all over. So there will be a tinge of, of disappointment. And, of course, Juventus can win. They can, they can, you know, it's not a disastrous score for them. But at home... You know, you have to fancy Bayern now to go through. They're very strong at home. Thanks for listening to the Champions League podcast. We'll be back again next month for more of the best insight and analysis. See you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 